Hey guys, this is Naeem, and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community, and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there, and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, friends. Yes. Glad you guys are in the house. Uh, we want to make sure that we take a moment uh, and address uh, and pay uh, honor and respect to the vets in the house. So can we give them an applause? Round of applause, yes. You know, for me, it's a big deal because, uh, uh, I mean, I came uh, from Kuwait as a refugee and I'd been through a war. And so I'm indebted to the military. And so I'm so grateful, grateful for them. So thank you. Thank you. For those of you watching as well, uh, man, it's, it's, um, it's good to, to honor you. We are in a series. If you're a guest here, this is week two of a series called, uh, anybody want to take a, uh, a gander at it? Generosity. That's, uh, taking a gander is actually a phrase. I've heard that. But yes, generosity gospel. It's a twist about the idea of like a prosperity gospel versus generosity gospel. And we're trying to do that on purpose because we want to disrupt your view and, my, and our view of what money is supposed to be and what it's supposed to do in our lives. Because I think we all have a different relationship with money, like we do, right? Anybody, any of you like grew up poor? Anybody grew up poor? Anybody? Anybody? Like poor, poor? Come on, you can admit it. You can't? Okay, okay, okay. Like uh, I grew up poor, seriously poor. Like, I mean, I'm talking about like we uh, siblings were like five siblings and we had one ba- uh, one bedroom, one bedroom, friends, and one bed, and one bed. No, I'm just joking. No, but definitely one uh, one bedroom, and man, actually, when Ashley first met me when I came here um, after the Gulf War, and I didn't even realize that I was poor. You know what I'm saying? When you're poor, you don't know. You find out when you have what? Rich friends. That's when you're like, oh, I'm poor. I was happy before. Now I'm depressed. What's going on? We have this crazy relationship with money. Money makes you feel all kinds of weird ways, right? It does. Several years ago, I was, um, I was in the mall, and I saw something, and I thought, this really illustrates my relationship with money, okay? Now, it's going to be strange, but it really did. It's not as strange as what, I, as what I saw, but this was strange. And the reason why I'm so passionate about a conversation about money is because, man, it messes us up. Like, we don't admit it, but money and resources mess us up. And I think for some of us, we're in this bind right now. Let me explain. Let me explain. So I was in the mall, right? I was in the mall, and I saw two teenagers walking by, and I had nothing weird about that at all, right? But one teenager had this on, something like this. Okay, this is a dog leash. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, and the other one was holding the leash and walking the other one around, I was like, well, that's brilliant. Here's why. If you wanted attention, you got all my attention. I don't even want to go shopping. I'm going to follow you around the mall. 
I want to know what, what happens. What happens? Do you go, I mean, do, uh, you go outside? Do they let you go outside and poop? Or like, what, 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 what are we doing here? What's happening? What's the end game when you thought of this? Like, like, hey, let's put this on. Okay. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Now, the reason why I thought about this is because I think this represented my relationship with money. My relationship with money was that money had a leash on me. Like, I hate to say it, but um, it, was, uh, it was not my pet. I was money's pet. It had a noose around me, and it would drag me around. The idea of lack of money, not having uh, enough money, uh, wanting more money, making me go certain uh, directions in my life. I mean, I just... I saw my family do that. I saw my cousins do that. I saw people do that. They, they, they were kind of moving through life, navigating, and the kind of people they were becoming. The truth was, is there was something else controlling them. And I just wonder if your relationship with money is basically you are, and I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it, you are money's pet. You're like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm new to the church. I'm leaving. Okay, well, Relax. Let me read you something. Let me read you something, okay? This is Jesus' words. Matthew 6. Can you say Matthew 6? Okay, help me with this. Okay, it says, no one can serve two what? Two masters. For you will hate one and what? Love the other. You will be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus' words. Now, to that, I would say, Jesus, calm down. Listen, listen, it's all good. It's all good. It's not that bad. Having a lot of money is not that bad. He's like, yeah, 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 it's not, it's not that bad. But I'm just telling you that money, if you let it do whatever it wants it to do, money and having money or wanting money, that whole thing, it wants to be your master. It just does. Like, money wants to control you. God wants, you, wants to create the life you were meant to live. Like, that's the difference. And the truth is, for so many of us, I just want to tell you, um, we are controlled by money. Having a lot of it, not having enough, having none of it, we are controlled by it, and it's affecting our emotions. So that's why this talk is not going to be like, hey, give to Mosaic or give to the church, which you've probably heard before, right? I mean, I would... Uh, I would love to have that conversation at some time. But today, I want to have the conversation about like, hey, are you surround, like, are, is, are you having a hard time breathing because of the lack of resources? Like, are you, do you have a hard time uh, sleeping at night because you worry about where the next, uh, uh, where, where, where you're going to get the break from? Like, wh- what's, what's going to happen next? Or you find yourself, like, stopping and considering the last 10 years of your life, you've always, always lived paycheck to what? Paycheck. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, is there a way out? And for so many of us, we find ourselves going, I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll talk, I'll, I'll, I'll attend a business seminar or I'll do this. But I think, I think if you're going to live, uh, live in community, if we're going to be a faith community, we've got to know that Jesus talked about money and he knows that the quality of your life and your spirituality is connected to your relationship with money. And for some of us, I got to tell you, for some of us, we are, n- money is not our pet. We, we, we don't make, uh, you know, you've heard this before. We don't make money work. We work for what? Money. And if you work for money, who's the master? Money. Money's the master. So, so is there a better way? Is there a, a, a deeper way of 
understanding of how, how do we deal with money? Well, it starts off by understanding that we got to go, you know what? I don't want to be its pet. We've got to figure out this whole master thing. We got, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. So first Timothy, all right. First Timothy six. Let me read this to you. It says the, the, what's that word? The what? Love of money causes all kinds of evil. Some people have left the faith because they wanted to get more money, but they have caused themselves much, what was the word? What's what? Sorrow. Have you ever, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever been like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, my career, I, I, I've got to focus it, I've got to focus it. Have you seen people actually turn and become someone else? I mean, they just, they just, they, they just stop trusting people. They just stop trusting God. They stop just trusting and what they do is they end up becoming greedy and they would never say that. But you look at them and you're like, you weren't like this before, but you are now. And then they get more anxious. They just get more anxious. They're just like, uh, they just got a lot of stuff. And you know, as they say, more money, more, right, right? So what do you do? What do you do? Well, I think what you realize is number one, money will make you a pet if you allow it to do a Three things. Number one, you allow it to shame you. If you allow money to shame you, make you feel something, it starts off with an emotion. It'll make you feel something. Have you ever been ashamed? Okay, have you ever hung out with rich people? Like really rich people? I grew up poor. I'm surrounded by rich people. Surrounded my whole life. I grew up, my, one of my best friends, Indian guy, still is, still is. I mean, his daughter is getting married in India. He was like, hey man, I'll fly you down, bro. I'm like, you drunk again. You drunk again. Okay, he's like, dude, I'll come on over. I'm like, I can't make it to India. He's like, dude, come, I'll fly you down. I was like, I'm a Pakistani. They will not issue visas to, to Pakistanis, bro. Talk to your country. Talk to your country. He's like, send me, I got, I got connections. I got, I like, you know what, sober up and then talk, okay? But the boy is rich, has always been rich. When he comes to visit, oh my gosh. Okay, good guy, nice guy, but he's rich. I'll tell you what, I hate to say it, but I don't feel awesome, awesome with around millionaires. Do you? Like we're on parties, I'm like, you know, and then they're talking about all the things you're doing and they go, what do you do? And I go, pastor. And they go, all right, great. All right, great. Like, I feel the biggest loser. I'm like, all right, fine, 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 fine. You know, and it's just, it's just tough. It's tough. Because money says, hey, you don't have much, so you should not, you're not much. Like, your net worth is connected to your self-worth. And I felt this. I grew up. I mean, when I came to the States, man, oh my gosh, I realized. I mean, when I had holes in my shoe, it's fine to have holes in your shoes when you're a college student. But when you become a young adult, it ain't cool. It's not cool. And I'm like, oh, I remember the first time driving up to a really rich person's house. I didn't know I did. I mean, well, I did. It was on the golf course. But anyways, so I pulled up and I was there for a little bit and I left. And what had happened is, is, okay, this is something, if those of you who've never experienced this, you should know this, okay? So if you didn't grow up rich, here's what happens to all of our cars. They all leak oil. It's a thing. You, you, it's, it's a thing. I was okay with it. I thought all cars leak oil. You know what I'm saying? We're all a little bit leak, leak, leak. I would live with that until I parked my car on his driveway. What? Exactly. I didn't, I was like, dude, it's normal. Cars do that. People pass gas. Cars leak oil. It's a thing. 
And he was like, did you just do this? And I said, it wasn't me. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. Because all the cars, his cars were brand new. And I was like, dang, dude. It shames you. Money shames us. It also shames us the opposite way. When you have too much. How many of you, ladies, okay, just the ladies, all the ladies, all the ladies, okay, okay, okay. How many of you, when someone compliments you on anything, you're like, I got it on sale. I got it on sale. I didn't spend all this money. Guys do that too. At least, at least I do. Maybe I'm a woman. I don't know. I do it all the time. Maybe I'm because I'm a pastor. I remember once, I'll tell you what, this, this messed me up for like, couple of months, if not, I mean, it's always been an issue for me, but like several years ago, right after the service, I walked in, I walked out, there was, uh, uh, there was uh, someone at a mosaic who used to go here, and uh, she, used to, she, drive, she drove a, a Porsche. Now, let me just tell you, I like Porsches. I just do, okay? Not my profession, I, I'm in the wrong profession, but I like Porsches, okay? And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to drive this thing. So I got in it. I drove around the parking lot. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. I pulled back up, and another person who doesn't go here anymore uh, walked up to me and said, I just, drove, I just got out of the car. I didn't even say anything. And he said out loud, he was like, so that's where my tithe is going. And I was, like, I was like, no, man, dude, this is not my car. He's like, okay, okay. I'm like, no, come back here. This is not my car. This is not my car. Do you know that when you have good things and you make excuses for them, that's not good either. You think God well, like when, when, wants you to live like that? You make excuses. Oh, I got it on sale. I, I know. I got it on sale. I got, God wants you to have good things. Guess what? Jesus shows up and he brought... When he made water into wine, he, mo- he made the most expensive wine. He didn't be like, I got it on sale. No, no, we'll give you the best of the best of the best. God works like that. And I think if you allow money, money will shame you because you have too much or you don't have enough. So don't let money shame you. Okay, number two, money also wants to then mess with your thinking. It wants to deceive you. It wants to. If you have too much money, sometimes you just feel like, I'm indestructible. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. In fact, studies have shown that extremely rich people believe that they're above the law. Why is that? Because they can pay for pretty much anything. They can get away with pretty much what? Anything. I mean, you can lawyer up all day long if you are rich. And there's a sense of like, no one can touch me. It's, 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 it's just no one can touch me. No, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's, it's, it's not. Let me actually read you a passage of scripture that it's one of the last ones, but I want to read this right now. It's actually found in Timothy, First uh, Timothy 6. First Timothy 6. It's, um, well, let me read this. It says here, okay? It says, teach, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust their what? Money, which is what? So unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They, they should be rich in good works 
and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so they may experience what? True life. He's like, hey, don't let money deceive you and make you think that you are less than or make you think that, um, you know, you can get away with everything. And then he says, teach Teach people to understand what money does. Um, several years ago, I was in Pakistan. And uh, I, um, in Pakistan, um, the houses are very different. And uh, the living quarters are different. And I, so I, in Pakistan, uh, my mom was actually got deported there. It's a whole different story. Um, but I went to visit her. I had to take her to the American embassy and all that. But I showed up to the house that she was staying in. And this was a big villa kind of an area. And they're outside uh, in these villas. People would sleep outside, especially the help. The help would sleep outside. Uh, maids and male servants as well would sleep outside. It's, it's a thing. Okay. So one night I was outside and um, I saw, and they would, uh, they would sleep in these beds. They're made out of like, um, they're not, they're mattresses, but they're like rope mattresses. It's a thing. Uh, and this guy was sleeping or lying down there. Beautiful night. I walked up. I was like, hey, Masood, which is, hello, how are you in uh, Urdu? And uh, as we started talking and he's just one of the guys who helps around. He's, he works you know, and I sat down because I was like, oh man, I'm tired. It's a beautiful night. So I just sat down. And when you would sit on a bed, where would you sit? Would you sit right where he's lying down is right next to his head? No, right? Where would you sit? On the what? The foot of the bed. So I just sat on the foot of the bed and he flipped out. He was like, what are you doing? This is what he actually said. He said, Naim Saab, Naim Saab, Naim Saab. So Naim Saab means Master Naim. What are you doing? And then he said, which means you can't sit at my feet. And I was like, okay, did not know. You had a foot thing, I don't know. Like, and then he said this. He said, I sit at your feet. And I was like, you know what? No one's sitting at no one's feet here. Okay, we're both standing, stand up. You know, like, like what are we doing? And then we started having a conversation about how he basically believed that he was born into a certain level, right? These, this kind of resources and this is it, and he would stay there. He was born not into luxury, not into privilege or power. He was born then in lack, and he believed that his life would always lack. And he, and I asked him, I said, what do you want to do, man, after this? And, and he said, I can't afford to dream. I think for some of us, that's true. Money tells you, hey, 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 stop. Stop dreaming. You know you broke, right? You know, you know you can't afford that. You know you can't do this. You can't start this business. You can't do that. You have no money. You have no capital. You have no resources. You have no connections. You have nothing. You have nothing. You'll always be that. You're destined to be like your dad. You're destined to be like your family. Money will mess you up. You know why? What's it doing? It's pulling you around. It's just yanking your chain. And guess what? If we don't know it, He'll do us. And that's, that's why we start, sometimes have this weird sense of money. That's why we shame other people who have money. And then we just get messed up in our heads. And then 
besides making us feel and making us think certain things, it'll go to the next level. Money will start making you do stuff you never would ever do. It doesn't make any sense. Like, have you ever purchased something that didn't make any sense? You couldn't pay for it. But you're like, it's cool. It's cool. It's going to be awesome. You can't pay for it. You can't. But you're like, I can pay for it. For 27 months, I will keep paying a payment and I will pay for it. But what cost 600 bucks is now $60,000. But still I can afford it. No, 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 no. But your mind is messed up. You're feeling certain things and then you're doing things that don't make any sense. And we end up doing things that don't make any sense. Why? Because money has deceived us. Money has made us think all kinds of things. I mean, listen, I love weddings. I've done so many weddings. And some of them, I'm like, how much money did you spend on this wedding? Like, are you going to spend that much money on this marriage? Because I don't think so. That dress was $30,000. Son of a biscuit like what are you wow oh my gosh and if you got the money do it but if you don't got the money don't do it like what is going on I mean college students man guess what I know you're getting money to go to college it ain't free money it's not you're like what are you talking about it's not it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. It'll make you think certain things. It'll make you do something. There are certain people who you, you might be like, you know what, I'm, a, I'm fresh out of college, my first career, I mean, I'm first my job, all that, all that. We got to, you know, if, if you're a couple, okay, here's what happens. I see it, I see it. People go, where's the coolest part of town and we're going to live in there? You can't afford it. No, but it's Dilworth. It's Southland, bro. Woo. It's all the cool people. Yeah, but they all broke. Or, or they're just rich, and you're not. It's okay. But just money is making you do some things that you don't, you shouldn't do. You, you shouldn't do. So is there a way out? I think there is a way out. And that's why I'm passionate about this conversation. I told you earlier, this is not a conversation about like giving to Mosaic. This is a conversation of me telling you, do you have this around your neck? And what will it take for you to get rid of it? What will it? Because there, it's, it's enough. It's it, like, it's don't, you, you don't allow yourself to be tortured by the lack of resources and money. Don't allow yourself to become someone you were never meant to be because you're just anxious about money you just like i'm hoarding it and don't do that and don't be like i don't want to deal with it or don't become critical of people criticizing rich people criticizing or or they must be or they must be now let's become people who are have a have a understanding of money and i'll tell you three things that will make sure that money becomes your pet number one you realize that when it comes to money you can tell money, hey, uh, I don't own you. I don't own money. I'm just managing it. I'm just managing you. I'm just managing you. 
Like in scripture, it talks about you're just supposed to be a steward of God's blessings. Like all the resources, all, I'm just managing it. I'm not managing it. We're, we're, I don't owe you, you don't owe me. No, there's no owner. No, no, I'm managing this. We're keeping a distance. We have a, a, a you know, define the relationship conversation. Guess what? We're not serious. Okay? We're seeing other people. Like this is not happening. Like I'm just managing this. I think it's hard for us to understand this, but if we don't, we're not going to be uh, faithful managers. We're not going to be able to really have a bigger understanding, like your blessings. Think about this. Just think about this. Right now, what's so important to you? Like just not, even, not money, just relationships. Like when you think of the most beautiful things in your life, all of them were given to you. They're all a gift. Think about that. The opportunity you have, the life you have, the relationships you're in, the kids you have, just the, what you're doing right now, the flow you're, that you're in, all of that, the season you're in, it's all a gift. And if you think you made it happen, you did it all, that's another problem, that's another sermon. But you know you didn't. So why wouldn't you think that the resources are a gift. They are a gift. Jesus says this. He says in Luke 16, Luke 16 says, if, 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 if you are what? Faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. And if you are untrustworthy about godly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? Ouch! What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about being a faithful steward, being a good manager of resources. And what would that look like for you? I think what it look like is to realize, hey, the amount of resources and money I have, what, what percentage, how am I gonna, what percentage am I gonna spend? What percentage am I gonna save? And what percentage I'm gonna give? Like it starts right there. You're like, no, I spent 100% of it. Well, well, the stats tell us that actually people spend 110%. They don't even have. And so savings are very little. Investing is very little. And giving is very little. And some of us who have lived a life long enough to not have a noose around us, not have something pulling our chain, we know that it starts with us going, well, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to spend all of it. But I want to. No, no, no. I know. But those are, those, those are pretty, but we're not buying those. That's an awesome house. Yes, but let's just wait. We're not spending all of it. We're managing it. And managing means you sit, you figure out what are you going to do. And some people will do like a 10, 10, 80 thing. So, so they'll like, they'll live off of 10%, uh, sorry, uh, 80% and they'll save 10% and, or they'll, and they'll give 10%. I mean, that's a very healthy way to do it. But what would it look like for you to be a good manager starting today? Secondly, be a wise investor. A wise, what? what's that word I said? Investor, like invest. Luke uh, 12, Jesus says this. He says, beware, beware. Guard against what? Every kind of greed. He said there's so many kinds. He said life is not measured by how much you own. It, and you're like, really, it's not? It's not. 
a person is a, is, a, is, a, is a fool. Now, if you know Mr. T, if you've heard of Mr. T, he would say something. I don't know if you guys know. Some of you guys are too young for this. Mr. T would say, I what? A pitiful. A pitiful. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. It's like, hey, what are you, how are you investing? I mean, yeah, name, I'm investing. I mean, I've got property all over. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I got Bitcoin too. Okay, I don't know about that. But, or I've got all kinds of other things I'm doing. That's good. That's good. That's good. Let's talk about a little bit more investing. Let's talk about something that will last not just your lifetime. Like, what, is, what, is, what does that look like? Like, how can you invest um, not storing up just earthly stuff? Like, what kind of investing is that? Like, is there a way for you to live your life and live and res- um, manage your resources in a way that doesn't just bless you or is good for you? It's not for the present or the, 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 the later present of your kids. I'm talking about future, like grandkids. Like, are you managing your resources? You're like, hold, stop, name. I'm just trying to survive. I know you're trying to survive and money will just say, it's all about today. But God would say, it's actually about tomorrow and there's so much tomorrow. Invest, invest. So this Friday, we had our our gym opening. Okay, if you guys don't know, how many of you are there for the gym opening? We were there, yep, right? So I'm sporting this shirt and some of you guys were like, thank you for addressing that because I don't know what you said the last 20 minutes. What is the shirt? Why does it say Mosaic Ballers? Okay, first of all, I will blame, well, I'll blame the big idea to me, but the, the, the amazing artwork is actually done by our very own uh, high school kid, Drew Gonzalez, and I believe he's in the house. He's in the house. Yes, the creative genius is in the house. And so uh, we, um, we had our gym opening and it was great. But I had a moment there because there were, at one point there were, there were I, I think a hundred little kids running around that gym with a hundred and two different kinds of balls flying all over. A pickleball, volleyball, basketball. And I thought, we have no insurance for this. Like we, we I hope, I'm like, Jesus, just cover them. Like just do something. And, uh, you know, I'm just going up, consoling the kids who get hit by the ball. I'm like, you're okay. You're okay. Stop crying. You know, like, I'm like, but it was, it was pretty amazing to see the community come together. Um, and I'm obviously joking about the fact that it was unsafe. It was actually beautiful. Um, but I looked at that and I reminded myself that what we are doing at Mosaic and what I want to do is that I'm, you know, and our team here at our staff, we're, we're working hard to open up the gym and open up other spaces. Like we've been able to upfit, you know, total of three spaces and we've got all the space right here. And the reason why we're doing this and the reason, reason why we actually want to uh, buy this space right behind us as well is because I'm setting up that one day I can kind of hand over the keys to a generation that will be blessed by this that I will not... Er- that I will never see. Meaning that they wouldn't have to do the hard work because my generation has set them up for the future. I'm not building this so I can have a great time at the gym. I don't have any game of any kind, okay? 
You guys saw that on Friday night. And people are like, oh, you guys, you're into basketball? No. I like Nike's shoes. But that's about it. That's all I, that's my game. I look the part. I can't play. Okay? Okay? I'm not, we're not doing this for ourselves. See, when you start thinking that way with your money, it changes the game and it makes you a wise investor. Okay, lastly, lastly, so be a percentage giver. So let me review. Number one, it was um, be a good, good, anybody remember? Steward, yes, that works. Uh, be a wise investor. And then you're like, put it on the screen. No, you got to learn it. Okay. Um, be a percentage giver. Be a percentage giver. Okay. So uh, Luke 21, Jesus, again, Je- Jesus does this. Okay. So here's what's funny. Jesus, at one point, he goes and he stands at the temple and he was standing and purposely next to the tithe boxes. This is so, I mean, I would have loved to have been there, okay? So here's what it says. It says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor, a poor, who? Widow came by and dropped in how many? How many? Two coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than the rest of them for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. See, what tells me is that it's very hard to impress Jesus with like like amount and numbers. Like saying, hey, you know, when you tell people, I gave a million dollars away. Whoa, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm a billionaire, but I gave a million dollars away. Really though? I don't know about that. Jesus doesn't even care about the amount. He cares about the percentage because a percentage communicates your heart. Like how much percentage of the time of day you give Jesus? How much percentage of the time you give to your kids? Like it's a percentage game. It's not like, oh no, I gave a whole lot. No, it's not about the amount. It's never been about the amount. For some of you, 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 you have not given to a cause before. You know why? Because like my five bucks is not gonna do what? anything my whatever it's not going to do anything and you just don't give and what money says is hey that is not going to do anything so don't give it but god says hey percentage matters let me just tell you it just matters the other day uh mike uh who runs our administrative office here he calls me he's like hey i got a check from someone and he doesn't do that all the time i was like why are you telling me this and he's like it's for 50 bucks for the gym and i said okay great that's awesome 50 bucks awesome. Uh, I mean, it costs a little bit more than 50 bucks. Anybody know that? Yeah, it's just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Um, but I'm like, that's awesome, man. Awesome. And I said, okay, cool. And he's like, you want me, I, want, I want to tell you who it's from. And I'm like, usually I don't like that. I'm like, I don't like that information. I don't want to know because it just keeps me pure. This keeps this message pure. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that. So I was like, dude, really though? He said, no, you want to know. You want to know who it's from. I'm like, okay, fine. He says, it's a Belkis Fossil. I said, Belkis Fazl? That's my mom's name. <laughs> right. My mom, she's a widow. She's also Muslim. Like hardcore Muslim. Like prays five times a day, halal food, the whole thing. Muslim, Muslim, covered up, Muslim. So I call my mom. I go, Amiji, which means, mom, did you write a check 
And she was like, for what? I said, um, so did you give 50 bucks to the gym that we had a conversation about like two days ago? Because I just told her we were doing, you know, we have a gym. We're, uh, we're trying to create a gym. And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a whole thing. And then she goes, <laughs> she starts laughing. I was like, your name is on there. You signed the check, mom. That's how now I know. And I was like, why did, she was like, yeah, I just thought I would, I would give. I would give. I said, you're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. You know, is she doing that because um, I'm her kid? Of course she is. Of course she is. I'm not. I'm, but there's something about that that I was like, I was raised by that woman. And I'm so grateful. Who would give to a, a cause that is not Muslim. That by the way, when I told her that I was becoming a Christian, it broke her heart. Like we didn't talk. And it was bad for about 10 years. And now she gives to Mosaic. By the way, this is not the only time. This is the first time as a widow, she's beginning to give. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like that's so weird. So crazy. But she, living, didn't go to school, living the life that she lived, she has never had a noose around her neck. She has never, friends. I'm telling you, I learned so much from her. She's like, it doesn't matter what I have. We take care, we do what we can. I remember sweeping dirt. She's like, people are coming over, sweep the dirt. I'm like, it's dirt. Just make the lines. She just took care of everything. She was like, we have what we have and we take care, we do what we do. And so she becomes this most generous person. Is it because she's a follower of Jesus? I don't think so. I'll tell you what though. There's a lot more followers of Jesus that have a noose around them than my Muslim mom. And if the reason is, is because you did, haven't broken the chain off. So this, like I told you, it's not a tithing talk. If you want to give to Mosaic, yes, definitely. But you got to give somewhere. Now, Mike Smith, our pastor, financial guy, he'd be like, please tell them to just give to Mosaic. Okay, I know, but he's not in the room. I don't think so. <laughs> he is in the room. He is in the room. I'm going to hear about it. Hey, listen, I know his heart. I'll just tell you this. I don't care where you give, man. Just don't live a life being a pet. Just do that. Just don't live a life like that. That's not what God created you for. And I'll tell you what, giving breaks greed every day. Every time. So let me pray for us. Can I do that? All right. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for a church like this, a community like this, that we can have a healthy conversation about resources and money where we're not trying to figure out how to get and give and from each other, God. I thank you, God, that, that, that we can have a conversation about resources without trying to manipulate, without trying to um, promise things, God, that, that are just unreasonable. God, you are the God who exemplifies the just, this generosity gospel. You're the God who gives and gives and gives and gives more than we could ever earn and also more than we could ever deserve. You just are a God who gives. So God, I pray that you allow us to understand today would be the day that we would remove this chain 
off of us. God, when we respond in this song, some of us would go and on the cross, just put down, God, something that say, I'm, I'm done, I'm done with this. Others of us would receive communion, reminding us the generosity of your love for us, how you poured out everything for us. And others of us, God, will receive um, just an enlightenment when we go light candles, reminding us, God, that we're here to serve and be there for one another. God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.